congratulations. Political Bomb Show's 100th episode. Free wristbands for all who text, Free Wristbands 100 Show. To 323-835-1123 now while supplies lasts. The truth lives. Political Bomb Show. Starring Rayshawn Blyden. So, Rayshawn Blyden here. All you video game lovers out there, have you ever wondered the history? Where did it really come from? What started this whole video game phenomenon? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Get ready for a special political bomb show by your host, Rayshawn Blyden. Let us begin about the history of video games. Okay, now let's see where we are going today. Okay, history of video games. The history of video game goes as far back as the early 1950s. That's pretty far. Pretty far. I was not even a born then. Ah, uh, shut up with the old jokes. I can hear you already out there. Shut up, you. Okay, so when academic computer scientists began designing simple games and simulations as part of their research or just for fun at MIT in the 1960s. Professors and students played games such as 3D tic-tac-toe and moon landing. I know what tic-tac-toe is, I'm not sure what moon landing is. These games were played 
on computer such as IBM 1560 and moves were made by means of punch cards. I have, I'm lost. I've never heard of this thing. Does anyone out there know this? Because I'd like to know if you played these games. Anywho, video games did not reach mainstream popularity until 1970s and 1980s when video arcade games and gaming consoles using joysticks, buttons, and other controls, controllers, along with graphics on computer screens and home computer games were introduced to the general public. Since the 1980s, video gaming computer scientists early arcade video game developed from 1972 to 1978. During the 1970s, the first generation of home consoles emerged including the popular game Pong, I remember that one, and various clones. The 1970s was also the era of mainframe computer games. The golden age of arcade video games was from 1978 to 1982. Video arcades with large graphics decorated coin operated machines were common at malls and popular affordable home consoles such as the Atari 2600 and Intellivision enabled people to play games on their home TV. TVs. During the 1980s, <clears throat> gaming computers, early online gaming, I didn't even know they had online gaming then, and handheld LCD games emerged. This, this era was affected by the video game crash of 1983. From 1976 to 1992, the second generation of video consoles emerged. The third generation of consoles, which were 8-bit units, I had an 8-bit, I remember my Nintendo, emerged from 1983 to 1995. The fourth generation of consoles, which were 16-bits, I also remember that. I think I had my Super Nintendo then. 16-bit models emerged from 1987 to 1999. The 1990s saw the resurgence and decline of arcades. The transition to 3D video games improved handheld games and PC gaming. The fifth generation of consoles, which were 32-bit, I had that, and 64-bit, I had that too, units, was from 1993 to 2006. During this era, mobile phone gaming emerged during the 2000s. The sixth generation of consoles emerged 1998 to 2013. During this period, during this period, online gaming and mobile games became major aspects of gaming culture. The seventh generation of console was from 2005 to 2012. This era was marked by huge development, huge development budgets for some games, which some having cinematic graphics. The launch of the top-selling Wii consoles, I didn't even know it was a top, con I didn't realize that. I thought it wouldn't do that well. Goes to show you how much I know. Wii console in which the user could control the game action with real-life movements of the controller. The rise of casual PC games marketed to non-gamers and the emergence of cloud computing in video games. In 2013, the 8th generation of consoles emerged, including Nintendo's Wii U and Nintendo's 3Ds, Microsoft's Xbox One, and Sony PlayStation's 4 and PlayStation Vita. PC gaming, smartphones, mobile games has been a driving 
factor for games as they can reach people formerly uninterested in gaming and those unable to afford or support dedicated hardware such as a video game console. Let's take that all in. That was a lot. So let's take a quick break and come back with a little bit more on defining the video games right after this.
Welcome back. Okay, let's continue with our very intrigue conversation on history of video games. Now, let's get into defining the video game. The term video game has evolved over the decades from a purely technical definition to a general concept defining a new class of interactive entertainment. Technically, for a product to be a video game, there must be a video signal transmitted to the cathode ray tube CRT that creates a rather a rasterized image on the screen. This definition would preclude early computer games that outputted results to a printer or teletype rather than a display. Any game rendered on vector scan monitor, any game played on a modern high definition display and most handheld game systems from a technical standpoint, these would more properly be called electronic games or computer games. Today, however, the term video game has completely shed its purely technical definition and encompasses a wider range of technology. While still rather ill-defined, the term video game now generally encompasses any game played on hardware built with electronic logic circuits hold on i gotta <coughs> oh, sorry still suffering from this <clears throat> let's see where was i while still rather ill-defined the term video game now generally encompasses any game played on hardware built with electronic logic circuits that incorporates an element of interactivity and outputs the results of the player's action to a display. Going by this broader definition, the first video games appeared in the early 1950s and were tied largely to research projects at universities and large corporations. Now, the origins of electronic computer games. The first electronic digital computers, Colossus and ENIAC, I never heard of these, were built during World War II to aid the Allied war effort against the Axis powers. Shortly after the war, the promulgation of the first stored program at the University of Pennsylvania, Cambridge University, and University of Manchester and Princeton University allowed computers to be easily reprogrammed to undertake a variety of tasks, which facilitated commercializing computers in the early 1950s by com companies like Remington Rand, Ferranti, and IBM. I've only heard of IBM on that list. This, in turn, promoted the adoption of computers by universities, government organizations, and large corporations as the decades progressed. It was in the environment that the first video games were born. The computer games of the 1950s can generally be divided into three categories, training and instructional programs, research programs in fields such as artificial intelligence, and demonstration programs intended to impress or entertain the public and there goes my mother listen to her ringtone hello i did i have a, i spoke with her we're gonna supposed to meet tomorrow i'll look at my first two houses that i like that she sent me okay right there goes mother 
Mother wanted to know about my home and situation. Okay, where was I? I am, let's see. So the computer games of the 1950s can generally be divided into three categories. Oh, I read this already. Thanks, Mom. You threw me a show off. Because these games were largely developed on unique hardware in a time when porting between systems was difficult and were often dismantled or discarded after serving their limited purposes, they did not generally influence further developments in the industry. For the same reason, it's impossible to be certain who developed the first computer game or who originally modeled many of the games or play mechanics introduced during the decade, as there are likely several games from the period this period that were never publicized and are thus unknown today. The earliest known chess computer program was developed by Alan Turing, or Turing and David Champervoon, I can't pronounce his name. And yeah, I'm not reading any more of this right now. Let's see, what is this? Space War. Hold on, I gotta take a sip of water. Mm -mm -mm. Space War, I'm still fighting this pesky seasonal cold. The mainframe computers of the 1950s were generally batch processing, ma processing machines of limited speed and memory. This made them generally unsuited for games. Furthermore, they were costly and relatively scarce. Okay, the commercializing the video game. Let's see. Well, let's take a break. I need to cough. I'll be right back. <laughs>
welcome back. <clears throat> Sorry for taking all these breaks, but you know, getting over a cold and trying to do a talk show is very problematic as you can imagine. Because you need your voice and when you're sick, your voice needs rest. This is why most of my shows for the most part for this week has been hovering around 30 minutes or so. So <clears throat> that's because I had to give you what you need. You need the podcast. Yes, you do. Okay, so the commercial, blah, 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 the commercializing of video games. By 1970, the introduction of medium scale, medium scale integration, MSI, transistor, transistor logic, TTL, circuits combining multiple transistors on a single microchip has resulted in another significant reduction in the cost of computing and unheard in a new wave of microcomputers costing on the $10,000 that woo wee mama me okay while still far too costly for the home. Oh, I was about to say, I can't get a video game for $10,000. No way, Jose. Anyway, while still too costly for the home. These advances lowered the cost of computing enough that it could be seriously considered for the coin-operated games industry, which at the time was experiencing its own technological resistance as large electro-mechanical target shooting and driving games like Sega Enterprises, Periscope 1967, and Chicago Coin Speedway 1969 pioneered the adoption of elaborate visual displays and electronic sound effects in the amusement arcade. Consequently, when we recent, consequently, when a recent engineering graduate from Utah with experiencing running running coin operated equipment named Nolan Bushnell first saw Space War at sale in late 1969 or early 1970. I have no idea what any of this is, do you? Because I don't. I really don't have any idea what any of this is. Okay. Very hard to continue on with this cough. I had to pause and now I lost my spot. Where was I? Can anyone tell me where I was. Let's see. Sale in the late 1969 to early 1970. He resolved to build a coin-operated version for public consumption. So, how did it go? I don't know. Let's continue reading. Let's continue reading, shall we? Okie dokie. So, yeah, I'm coughing a lot. I gotta keep pausing it. It's not professional, is it? Okay, uh, let's see. Where was I? So, he wanted to build the first coin-operated version for public consumption. Enlisting the aid of an older and more experienced engineer named Teb Ted Dabney, Bushnell built a variant of the game called Computer Space in which a single-player controlled spaceship 
dual two hardware controlled flying saucers released in the late November of early December 1971 through nothing associates why did I smile when I said that freaking never mind the game failed to have much impact in the coin operated marketplace meanwhile Ralph Baer an engineer with a degree in television engineering working for defense contractor Sanders Associates had been working on a video game system that could be plugged into a standard television set since 1966 working primarily with technician Bill Harrison who built most of the art the uh the act the hardware bear develop a series okay this is Oh, what else do we have here? Skip that. Talk about the new industry right after this. I got a cough and get this out of my system. Be right back, folks. Hang on.
Okay, welcome back. Let's try to get this all in in this last segment because I just can't stop from coughing and it just doesn't sound good. So let's try to get as many as much in as I can. So let's talk about first generation of home consoles and the Pong clones from 1972 to 1978. I haven't even started to speak. I'm already ready to cough. Hold on, water. Okay. The Magnavox Upsay never caught on with the public. The Magnavox Odyssey never caught on with the public, due largely to the limited functionality of its primitive technology. By the middle of the 1970s, however, the ball and paddle craze in the arcade had ignited public interest in video games and continuing advances in integrated circuits had resulted in large-scale integration LSI microchips cheap enough to be incorporated into a consumer product in 1975 Magnavox reduced the part count of the Odyssey using a three-chip set created by Texas Instruments and released two new systems designed by Harold Lee. The next year, General Instruments released a Pong on a chip, LSI, and made it available at a low price to any as in any interested company, toy company, Coleco, I remember Coleco, Coleco Vision, but this says Coleco Industries, but I remember Coleco Vision, oh well. Coleco Industries used this chip to create the million-selling Telstar console model series 1976-1977 while dozens of other companies released models as well. Overall sales of dedicated Paul and, pa and Paddle systems in the U.S. grew from 350,000 in 1975 to a peak of 5 to 6 million in 1977. A similar boom hit the U.K. and other parts of Europe with much of the market supplied by clone manufacturers in Hong Kong. These thieving people, Hong Kong. Chinese, Hong Kong fui. After 1977, the dedicated console market in the United States collapsed. A new wave of programmable systems hit the market starting with the Fairchild Channel F in 1976 that offered the possibility of purchasing and playing with wider variety of games stored on cartridges containing mask ROM that could be plugged directly into a CPU of the console. As old older model the as older model detected consoles were heavily discounted and consumers with more purchasing power transition to the new programmable systems, newer dedicated systems with more advanced features like video ping pong, ping pinball, 
an Atari and the Odyssey 4000 were squeezed out of the lower price predecessors and their more sophisticated programmable replacements. This caused a brief dip in the market and the exit of industry leader Coleco. Coleco, 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 I remember that for some reason, which failed to transition to programmable hardware. Fairchild remained in the new programmable market alongside Atari and Magnavox, which released the VCS in 1977 on Odyssey 1978, respectively. I'm not talking about mainframe computer games. I don't care. I got to take another sip of water here. Okay. <coughs> Golden age of arcade video games. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about arcade here we go, second generation of consoles. After the collapse of the dedicated console market in 1978, focus in the home shifted to a new programmable system in which game data was stored on ROM-based cartridges. Fairchild Semiconductor struck first in this market and uh, Channel F, but after losing millions in the digital watch business, the company looked to conservative approach to be to the programmable console market and kept production runs of the system low. As a result, by the end of 1977, Fairchild had only sold about 250,000 systems. Atari followed Fairchild into the market in 1977 and sold between 340,000 to 400,000 systems that year. Magnavox joined the programmable market in 1978 with Odyssey, while toy company Mattel released the Intervision, I remember that, in 1979, which featured graphics superior to any of its competitors. After both Atari and Fairchild made a strong showing in 1977, the market hit a difficult patch in 1978 when retailers resisted building inventory, believing that the newly emerging electronic handheld market would display video games. Atari, for example, manufactured 800,000 systems but proved unable to sell more than 500,000 to retail. This helped help with the crisis at the company Okay, blah, blah, blah. I don't really care. Well, I care if I need water. Mm. Okay. I'm looking to see when Nintendo came into play, but I do not see anything. How far along was Nintendo? Um, hmm, no. How could you have the history of video game with no Nintendo in here? No Nintendo? Really? Are you kidding me? Where? Come on. Da, 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 da. 1980s, the video game industry experienced its first major growing pains in the early 1980s. Publishing houses appeared with many surviving 20 years of, like, such as Electronics Arts, alongside Fly-By-Night Operations. <coughs> okay, uh, early online gaming. Alright, I don't see... Where is Nintendo? Oh, here we go. At the end of 1983, survival factors, including a market flooded with poor quality games, the commercial failure of 
several important Atari 2600 titles and home computers emerging as a new and more advanced gaming platform caused the industry to experience a severe downturn. This was the crash of the video game industry bankrupt several companies that produced North American consoles and games from late 1983 to 1984. It ended with, with what is considered to be the second generation of console video game. As a result of the crash, the globally important video gaming industry merged in Japan creating important room companies like Nintendo and Sega. So wow, it came from Japan. This brought about the worldwide popularity of the third generation Nintendo's entertainment system for which third party game publishing was strictly overseen by Nintendo. And okay, there's a lot of history. I'm gonna have to end up doing a part two somewhere down the line on this because there's a lot of information. You can't just, just go through this. That's if, any, if anyone cares about this. But uh, I'm just gonna, just, I'm skimming through it. I'm not gonna, gonna, uh, gonna keep going here. Fifth generation consoles from 1993 to 2005, 32-bit and 64-bit. Got the Sony PlayStation. In 1993, Atari re-entered the home console market and with the Atari Jaguar, remember they were so pixelized, it wasn't that good at all. And also in 1993, the 3DO company released the 3DO. That was a great system. I had that one, which though highly advertised and promoted failed to catch up to the sales of the Jaguar due to its high price tag. Yeah, it was expensive. Both consoles had very low sales and few quality games, eventually leading to their demise in 1994. Three new consoles were released in Japan. The Sega Saturn, which sucked. It was pixelized. I didn't like it. Sony PlayStation. I love that one. And PCFX. The Saturn and the PlayStation later seen release in North America in 1995. The PlayStation quickly outsold all of its competitors mainly on the strength of its available titles with the exception of the age and super nintendo i had that too which still had the support of many major game companies the virtual boy from nintendo was released in 1995 i think i pass on that one uh what else we got anything else transitioning to 3d and cd i remember that <coughs> okay mobile phone okay and you have sixth generation the sixth generation which would include what's the sixth generation playstation 2 32x gamecube okay seventh generation includes stuff like uh PSP, what else, um, PlayStation 3, Xbox, okay, da, 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 Xbox 360, and uh, the 8th generation, which is 2012 to present, the Nintendo 3DS, but you got PlayStation Villa, the Nintendo Wii U, um, da, 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 da. PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and so that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't think I really need to do a follow-up on this. I mean, if you really care, you can look it up and read more in depth, but this was just a, just a quick and a brief video game history lesson for you and i thank you for your listenership sorry about the cold that i have it's really prohibiting me from doing a better job and hopefully next week i shall shall return live and hopefully the cold is gone
Baby, come on, oh baby, come on, so come on, people, let's go.